good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening today. Today is the 3rd of May, year of our Lord, 2021. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show. I'm, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic, and I am your other host, Motown Noah, a.k.a. Nicholas Hinkle. Should have been the other way around. So, James, uh, pretty fun day for NBA basketball. I don't want to... I don't want to get into it too much. Pretty uh, Eastern Conference Finals preview, potentially, between Milwaukee and Brooklyn. That is a series that I am very much looking forward to. I don't imagine you were able to catch that. No, I didn't watch a second of it. Um, no. This morning, my or this afternoon, my soccer team played. So I, that takes precedence mm-hmm. over the bum-ass Bucks and bum-ass Nets. Okay. Um, and then when that ended i was doing a i was doing basket buds podcast so i just didn't get to i didn't get to see that i was gonna weird watch it later uh tonight but i assume milwaukee won based on your text where you said i need to come down unless that was referring to something else but no no i I figured milwaukee won yeah i was really high on that win um they were down what 12 early on uh they play again on tuesday I don't imagine hard people. Well, James Harden wasn't playing. Two things. One, neither was Bobby Portis. So an eye for an eye. Second thing there. Eye for an eye. Second thing there. Uh, on a real note, if you need James Harden on top of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to beat this Milwaukee Bucks team, I am praying for you. Because it's a pretty good Nets team. Yeah, I mean, you, if you're a Nets fan, you obviously have that excuse. You need your full team. But... When the full I mean, K- excuse is we need KD three. and Kyrie, KD and Kyrie should be able to get it done. Yeah, right. Of course. So and they did. Like to their credit, the Nets already beat them in Brooklyn. Like and that was three and a half months ago. It's wild that they 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 played what January eighteenth was their last matchup. It's been three and a half months since these two teams have last played. Like PJ Tucker wasn't there um, in Milwaukee. I mean James Harden, I believe, had just gotten there. I don't even think KD was playing at the time. I don't remember who was playing. I think it was KD that was out. It's always one of the three is always out for Brooklyn. They're never all playing together. And that kind of goes into something that I was having an, an internal monologue about uh, the other day. When it comes down to Coach of the Year, uh, give me your power rankings. I think we've talked a little bit about it on the show. Maybe it was off the year. I don't actually recall. I think right now the consensus is you're either giving it to Tibbs or you're giving it to Monty Williams. Uh, I believe we're in the same boat there. But then it comes down to people want to throw in – some people want to throw in Doc. For the sake of it, we're not. Uh, Quinn Snyder and Steve Nash are the other ones that people want to throw in. Can I get your thoughts there? My front runners are Monty and Tibbs. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I can't give it. I can't give it to Steve Nash. I just, no. I mean, he has had to manage a lot, uh, but he has some pretty good players. So that's the thing is Sean Marks can get that award, exec- the uh, sure. executive of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Doc Rivers. I mean, as we speak, the Sixers are the one seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they're tied, technically. Um, they they lead in winning percentage, but yeah, they're they're very very close. Um, James Borrego won't probably shouldn't and won't get any love, but I mean, Charlotte has been impressive. They're a game under five hundred, but I would say most people have been impressed by Charlotte. Monty Williams though is the one for me. Um, yeah. And, I think it should be between Monty and Tibbs, and I think Monty gets it. 
So here's the thing on the Steve Nash thing. People will say, well, and they said it on the broadcast, Brooklyn's had to play 36 different lineup combinations, starting lineup combinations this season. I will give Steve Nash credit there because lineup roulette is a very tricky game to navigate, and he's done a pretty strong job of it. And then it's like, well, they've been plagued by injuries all season. Sure. But of your, what we just said, of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, of three of those guys, one of them usually isn't playing. Well, the other two usually are. And those are still top ten guys on the planet. Yeah, I mean, and you want to go a step further. Um, Joe Harris is a pretty good player. That's yes. Jeff Green's a pretty good player. Bruce Brown's a good player for that team. Um, we yeah. cannot we cannot praise Brooklyn for being as deep as they are until it's convenient to credit Steve Nash for working with what he is. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, you want to see him at work in the finals with everybody. Mm. Then you'll know what Steve Nash is. Yeah, who Steve Nash is. Exactly. So this Milwaukee game, I'm looking at it, and I think you know, obviously Giannis gives him a, a gives Brooklyn a 49 piece. What did what did Bradley Beal say? No fries. Great line, by the way. 49 uh, piece, no fries. No fries. Um, gives him 49. So I'm watching. You watch Giannis versus KD, but the one that was was captivating me was Middleton versus KD. And the fluidity of their games is similar in the regard that they can pick their spot, they can get to it, and they can hit whatever shot that they want. Um, I think 10 times out of 10, you're probably going to take Kevin Durant because of his size, the way that he's able to move with the ball. Um, and I learned something about myself watching Kevin Durant. He, I think, is the precursor to my Mobley thing, where with Evan Mobley, I always am like, man, he's pretty good. But then you watch him, and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. You, you're really good, right? And then I always, I always, whenever I talk about Mobley, I always talk about getting put in prison, so to speak. Um, prison. That's that's what Kevin Durant does to me. Is I'm always like, yeah, he's probably one of the best scorers that, is, that have ever ever played, ever. Not he the best be shooter. The best, yeah. Right. I always, you know, it's easy to say it. Then you watch him, watch him play for 40 minutes and put up 40 on Milwaukee, and you go, oh. No, you actually are. Yeah, it's the, some of the stuff too that he's moves, able to throw too out, Too much man. size. Mm. Um, so, how'd Sam Merrill do? I missed the game. Well, he, him and Jordan Nwara didn't play. I don't even remember if Thanasis got any run. Okay. Brent and number Forbes two, well, though. yeah, Spartan Dog. That's what, what we do. I mean, you a, saw Miles a, put up 27 on Detroit. Like, that's not that's yeah. light work. Well, I didn't see it, but yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, number two, I... You asked me on Twitter, could we talk about the Bucks and Nets? And I said no, and you've baited me into talking about the Bucks and Nets. So kudos uh, to if, you. If you didn't start the show eating food, uh, and I knew that I could rely on you to actually hold a conversation, no, then... you did it very. You did it effort. I'm giving you. I'm giving you actual kudos. You did it gotcha. effortlessly. Okay, thank you. Um, let's go to some. Let's talk about some piston stuff. I'm let's a... talk about. You talked about the Super Bowl today. Let's talk about the Super Bowl tomorrow. Today, well, today Monday, as you're listening to this, it's the Super Bowl for the Pistons. Who are they playing? I don't. Do you know? I, do you know who's in town? Mm-mm. The Orlando Magic. Oh, is it? I always wake up, and I'm like, oh, we have a game today. I never look ahead in the schedule. I never care. At this point in the season, I never care. I'm just like, oh, we have a game. Okay, cool. Why is that the Super Bowl? Oh, because they're in the standings. Right. Okay. Yeah. I right thought you now, were gonna... but it's a little comfortable. Uh, Detroit has a one game, well, lead, quote unquote. The Pistons have 19 wins. Orlando has 20. Mm. Uh. So a loss for Detroit tomorrow would be much needed. Their yep. injury they did not submit their injury report at one thirty or five thirty on Sunday. They I would imagine there'll be one at eight thirty, but we'll be off the pod by then. Um so I will tweet it out. Yeah. But I mean you're listening to this. 
on the next day that I'm t- talking, so that's not going to really do much. You probably already saw it, but I'm warning you. I don't know, is this future or past James um, that people would be – this is past future James. James. Future, future James. James. Yes. Is it future? Technically, this is Monday James talking to the Monday listeners. Yeah. Well, Sunday James is going to tweet out on Sunday the Pistons lineup, and the Magic have like 10 guys out, so I'd imagine Detroit's yeah. going to follow suit. And along with that, can I throw out a take? Okay. This is not me reporting – to get this clear, this is blogs, aggregators, um, aggregators peckerheads, piston powered Detroit bad boys. Stand, stand down, stand down. I'm not them. I'm not them specifically. More like Legion of Hoops and Hoop Central oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. The other dumbass motherfucker. Sure, um, there you go. Go ahead. I don't think it's not a hot take. I don't think you see Jeremy and Mason for sure the rest of the year. That's a problem. That's a problem for Jeremy Grant. People are probably like, Nick, shut up. We need to lose. No, 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 no. Jeremy Grant, if if what you are saying is true, generally you have a really good feel for this stuff. I just want to throw out there that when we recorded Wednesday's show, James was like, expect to see a lot of guys just coincidentally out. And what happened? The next day and once again the, the following game after that, oh, my gosh, wow, Jeremy Grant, yeah, his knees just kind of he's kind of not and, there. And what you just said is why you can kind of infer that these guys are out because Jeremy last played on Sunday, mm. um, not the Sunday before you're listening to this, last Sunday, well, two Sundays ago. Um, and then they Pistons were off Monday, Tuesday, and didn't play again until Wednesday, and Jeremy didn't play. Yep. Then they had another day off, and Jeremy didn't play the next game. So it's like, right. I mean, he had – three days four days of rest and yeah so i I would just imagine if you have uh any long-standing jeremy grant season-long bets to uh check and see where they're at right now because this might be the end of end of it and to my just to my point that i was going to make if you put money on jeremy grant winning motan noah's best friend of the year uh you are going to lose your money he's not going to win it now there's no chance that he wins it now you should set up something like from next starting That'd next year fun. on where that you can have really people fun. actually bet on Motown Noah player of the year. Give uh give some futures on on some of the players. That would be really yeah, fun. And you can collect and you then you collect the losers. Absolutely. Um so the Hornets game. The biggest yeah. thing that happened in the Hornets game is that our guy, friend of the show, Frank Jackson went for 25 points. Wow. Frank Jackson on an absolute tear over his last nine, I think he's averaging like 16 and three, uh, 51% from the field, 44% from three. I think he's only shooting like 60% from the line. Um, he's not really a guy who's going to draw many attempts, but that's okay. So here's what I did. I was at work, was not able to watch the Hornets game, so here's what I did. Still did my homework, went into um, uh, advanced stats, you know, watched the, watched the clips. I wanted to see what his uh, distribution looked like. So here's what I noticed. Frank Jackson went to the... Sadiq Bay University got his associates in uh, how to make the defense forget that you are actually currently wide open on the floor. A lot of wide open jumpers for Frank Jackson. He I'm not did. mad at him. No, he did. He he uh, he got a lot of wide open ones. He hit some tough ones. Some really good drives too. That's been the, one of the most impressive things for him as of late. His percentages around the room were always pretty strong, but it was a limited sample. He's been taking it to the whole lot more recently mm-hmm. and finishing. Um, I mean, I feel like we get on this pod twice a week and, and, and clamor over Frank. He's doing something new every and night. And he's just absolutely balling. So are you at the point where you would 
if you're a new listener to this show, Nicholas Hankel hated Frank Jackson a month mm-hmm. ago. Would would hate be a, a fair assessment, or is that too strong? I I don't know. I I really didn't like him. Um, I but I think a lot of it was because I knew he was out of position. So it was more just. And he's wearing Luke's number, and he went to Duke. It was a it was a frustration that I had. So I don't know that I would say hate, but. I was very frustrated watching him, yeah. And now you would braid his hair for him. Actually, I mean, I get what you're saying. I want it unbraided. I want the fro. I get what you're yeah, saying, but if, though. But if, if, he, he asks, but if he's like, I need yes. my hair braided, who's going to do it? Yeah. Next, front, front, first in line. Expeditiously. Um, so would, at this point, you don't need to see any more from Frank. He could go cold the rest of the year. Yeah. Do you want him back on your team next season? I would, you be, a, would you be upset if he's not on your team? I would be really devastated because i think that one thing that this organization has done is display their eye for talent and in in ways that are maybe unconventional maybe not unconventional but just this regime that, yeah this regime you mean not the, organ- yeah well i'm sorry yes this regime. yeah um so it, w- it would bother me if for the second consecutive year we find a guy now to compare what frank is doing to what christian did last season it's not really the same but just in the sense that you find a guy it's that not far off kind of, it, well, yeah, in the sense that you find a guy who's kind of bouncing around and then just emerges as this uh, lights-out scorer. And, Both from New, uh, came from New Orleans. Yes. Yeah, obviously. I mean, Christian had a few more homes before that. I mean, Frank was yeah, at OKC right, right. for like, the team before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be kind of bummed, if, especially because it's, you know, a, a different GM that would be the one letting him go. Now, the circumstances to which we let him go are ultimately important here as well. Uh, I would be I would be of the mindset that if Frank Jackson is not on my basketball team in seven or eight months, uh, it's probably because we got somebody who's better. And is it a stretch to say that you can find somebody who's better than Frank Jackson? Probably not. But for the age, probably, no. probably yeah. for the age. I would say if you're a Pistons fan, from what I've heard and been told, not reporting, just relaying some information I've heard. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't definitely expect the Pistons to be on Frank's doorstep and to do everything they can to sign him. And you'll love this, Nick. Guess who has a relationship with with uh, Frank's father? I think I know the answer to this. Go ahead. G- guess where Frank's father is? What area he's from? <laughs> what area of the United States of America? No, he's not. He's from the DMV area. No, he's not. And the man who runs this organization and has an eye for talent and has, has an affinity, great for... relationships with people, mm. knows Frank's father fairly well. Okay. Okay. What an interesting little nugget there. Here's one. Th- here was my favorite sequence from that Hornets game that that Frank had. Seku catches the ball in the right corner, puts up the three. He gets it swatted. While the ball's in the air, he pulls it back down. Then he drives the baseline, goes to his right. While he's driving baseline, he actually one-handed kicks it back out to Frank up at the top. Frank's wide open, puts the shot up, goes in, and actually got knocked over in the process. I don't remember if he got the end one or not. Um, Yeah, he's been a lights-out scorer. It's been really fun. Um, Not being able to watch these starting lineups of Killian, Josh, Sadiq, Seku, and Isaiah has been kind of making me mad. Don't love that. Um, instead, I'm just helping uh, tourists uh, in, in with their with their. Never mind. But um, <laughs> it's been fun. So my my brother, my brother had a question after Wednesday's show, and I 
I asked him again today if he wanted me to ask it. He said yes. Uh, in the last episode, you actually mentioned you're making a face at me. Is everything okay? Uh, no, I was just checking uh, to make sure that Frank Jackson's father, Alvin Jackson, who's actually a senator um, mm. in Utah, is he's from, yeah, he grew up in Maryland. So, yeah, that that gotcha. is factually correct. I just wanted to make sure. So, and I know uh, that Weaver does know him. Matthew said, you know, you guys, uh, it's, it's a lot of positivity on the show, which is a great change of pace for what is the general media consumption uh, in the city of Detroit. Um, obviously, with, you know, certain pods like Pistons vs. Everybody, we all are in a point right now where we don't feel like we have to be overly critical. And I would um, say that this Pistons team specifically, for, ha- for having 19 wins, they've gotten pretty good press this year. So, yeah. Well, they haven't warranted any, you know, hit pieces. Well, they do have 19 wins. Um, sure, but the context there is that yeah, exactly. they're actually pretty sweet. So, I, that, no, uh, There's that, potential that, to be that, sweet. That, yeah. No, they're pretty sweet. So... You can't be sweet when your biggest game is making sure you lose against Orlando. There's potential to be sweet. Sam Hinkie wins 19 games. They're terrible. We win 19 games. We're not terrible. There's a difference. We're sweet. Relative to the win column, we're pretty sweet. Boom. Checkmate. Um, All right. So, Matthew said, why don't you give us a little something, something, something that you wish was different. Maybe something, an area that they want to improve. Uh, he said, not to be more critical, just talk about where we can still improve, whether that's through free agency or types of players we still need, just what we're missing and where we can still grow. Now, the biggest thing that you and I have talked about, we don't really need to hammer this home, so if you have any any different ones, we can absolutely talk about that. We still need the guy, right? And Cade's the guy. Anyone in this draft could be the guy, that score, someone to put next to Jeremy or someone to, that Jeremy can go next to in a few years, right? Um, that's the biggest thing. But is there anything that you would be critical but you just it's like it's not that big of an issue yet um if they don't address shooting in the offseason um assuming then that's working under the assumption that they get one of the three guys they want um and i'm of the belief that the three guys that they want most are of course Cade. i think Jalen green is number two and i think evan mobley's number three yeah you're giving me a face who, who was two if Cade cunningham is off the board and the pistons are picking and have their pick of the litter. I think it's between Evan Mobley and Jalen Green. And again, this is this is speculative. Uh, somewhat. Okay. They really like Jalen Green, from what I've heard and from so people do I. around the league. And so do I. I love him, but <clears throat> I have to do my Mobley thing. So, you yeah. know. Um, I don't anyway, know if so- they like Green more than Mobley, but Green is the name that I've been hearing a lot from people around the league as uh the the pistons like a lot and those the three that you name those are the wingspans in the top five those are the top those yeah. are the three best wings Jalen green has probably the wouldn't be surprised if he's averages the most points out of those three absolutely um, yeah he's yeah. a scorer 100 percent um would you consider wayne bringing wayne back uh addressing the shooting to an extent, I'm not not in totality, but to an extent. Well, yeah. So to go back to what I was saying, this all is dependent upon them getting one of the three guys that they really want, and then that means I think they're just going to go for it. And whatever happens with the young guys, they're going to try to make the playoffs. They don't have the pressure to make the playoffs, but they're going to try. So if they have that mindset, I think you need to address the shooting. I think Frank is going to fill the Wayne role Ooh. as kind of the, the shooter off the bench. Mm. But I still think that starting lineup needs shooting. Um, right now, it's it's just Sadiq 
and Jeremy. Um, I am I am of the belief that Isaiah Stewart is the starting center to to begin next year. Mm-hmm. Assuming Evan Mobley's not on the roster, then I think they could start together. Um, but I'm of the belief that Isaiah Stewart is starting on the first game next year. Um, um, I I won't be able to take that. So I think you need more shooting. Uh, I think Josh is the shooter he is. It's going to be there's going to be weeks where he's shooting great. There's going to be weeks where he's shooting terribly. I think Hamadou has a long way to go as a shooter. Um, I think Killian has a long way to go as a shooter. I think, I mean, Saban has a long way to go. Uh, who am I missing? And the in the they I think they need to add backcourt depth. Um, I think they need a guy who can. I think they need a guy who's more than just like a roster filler. And I don't think they have many roster fillers. Like I think they're legitimately. I mean, there's a couple. I'm not going to say names that are roster fillers, but. Um, I think they need a guy like a combo guard who can shoot like a, a actual offensive minded guard, which you thought DeLon Wright might fill, but like more aggressive and a better shooter. Corey Joseph. Uh, possibly. I, I, de- I definitely think Saban spends a lot of next year in the G League. And I think they, they bring in a, a more seasoned guy next year on a short deal to, to play pack, play back up until they think Saban's ready, ready. So you want you want the ish type back? That's kind of the kind of that guy could you be want. Corey Joseph, yeah. Right, yeah. I'm not saying it has to be ish; just someone sort of in that paradigm. I want ish um, back. Ish is a free agent, but that doesn't answer your shooting question. No, no. All that does is it's just more of those stupid baseline drives, the under the basket nonsense. Flip the ball over your head. Ish Smith can flip the ball over his head under the baseline, or yeah, under the rim, and then Mason Plumlee can shoot the ball from behind his head. It's going to be a whole circus act. <laughs> <laughs> the Detroit Globetrotters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think the shooting thing is interesting. It, it, the the Frank Jackson sort of becoming the filling the Wayne Ellington shoes there. I don't. Frank's not the movement shooter that Wayne is. No, no, I, no, no, no. I agree. He's not now. Um, but just somebody who's when your creators put pressure on the rim and kick it out, somebody that's going to hit a wide open three. Yeah, uh, because I still even think then they don't have that many guys that can do that reliably. You look at Sadiq, you look at Jeremy, and you look at Frank, and it kind of stops there. Yes, yeah. And Isaiah, I'm not putting Isaiah in there because he's not like a a kick out like he's a pick and pop three point shooter. Something right? in yeah. his bag, but it's not. He's not. Creating yeah, he's not. Space. He's not yeah. sitting on the wing waiting for the kick out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can you imagine? Do you think there'll ever be some two man stuff with Mobley and Isaiah? Because Evan would run pick and rolls with his brother. I could see a world in which so, yeah. For oh. sure. Oh, my gosh. Um, outside of that, yeah, I don't know. It's It's been really difficult for me to be not even overly critical. Any sort, any any criticism of the sort. And it's been yeah. really easy for me to do that in, in years past. Obviously, they've given us plenty of reason to do so. Because they this put expectations year, on themselves. Well, also that. And I think that because that was going to be my next point is I think a big part of it is that I've said it a bunch. Everybody feels this way for the most part, that one of the reasons that we're having some fun this season is because we literally expected them to win about as many games as they've won right now. The one thing that's a little bit disappointing, you can't catch Houston. I mean, Houston is a unique breed of awful. You look at the remainder of their schedule. I don't think they're going to come within five points of any of those games. Um so I think the best that you can hope for is where Detroit is right now, which is at two, which is fine. Because then what? What's the worst case? You drop to six? Is it four or five spots that you can drop? 
If you're at two, you can drop to six. Six, so it's four. Okay. Um, My thing with Detroit, you win one game, it's not the end of the world. It's not. I mean, they lose. They say they lose to Orlando. They're even. Um, it's not the end of the world. You win two, probably in some trouble. Especially if that other one is against Minnesota. Yeah, and I wouldn't worry about that. I think Minnesota is trying is more concerned with getting their core gelling and having, not to the same extent, but like momentum, like Phoenix last year in the bubble, going into the offseason feeling good because they have to worry about Cat um, in his future. So they can't keep lollygagging around um, and, and accumulating all these picks. Now, do I think that's smart? No, but they're definitely, I mean, these guys are playing minutes. So, um, yeah, I, I think Detroit's biggest worry is Orlando. Um, and tomorrow will bring a lot of clarity to how serious that is. I think if Orlando wins, Detroit is going to feel good about its chances of landing the best odds. Now, OKC has 21 wins. That's, yeah, like I said, Detroit can maybe afford to win one more. It just happens with the young guys playing well. You win after that one, then I seriously, 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 I would consider putting Isaiah and Sadiq on ice. You know what might, the funniest thing about Sadiq from the quotes that you guys have made? And Frank you, Jackson. The funniest thing that, that has happened with Sadiq is it's this whole, oh, another NBA record? Wow, that's cool. And then you guys are like, how did you feel about that? He's like, I didn't know until somebody told me. Yeah, he's built different. Oh. And it's not even like because of his answer. Like, it's kind of a cliche answer. Like, a lot of guys say that. But, like, if you know Sadiq and have at all been around him, and we have virtually this year, um, yeah, he's like a ro- – like, that's why, I like, throughout the Kawhi – like, their, their personalities are – like, he's he has personality, no question. Uh, but he when it comes to this basketball thing, he's a robot. He's out yeah. there. He's not worried about – he wants – he legitimately just cares about winning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are you getting – how anxious are you to end the season? Are you – you're, you're there, wait. right? Oh, yeah. my gosh. I can't wait. May 18th, anxious? baby. Are you <laughs> – it's like last, last day of school. Yeah. Um, how are you anxious about the draft in the way that we are just the lottery? I don't, I don't care about the draft. Give me the lottery. Am I anxious? No. Um, forgot that you don't care about this team. You're just here for the check. Well, yeah, it's my job. Um, like I (laughs) always tell people back there at all. That's hilarious. I mean, people tell people who say all the time on Twitter, they'll be like, don't you wish you like covered a better team? No, no. For one. This fan base is insane, and they support me specifically yeah. a lot. And I do very well um, at the athletic covering this team because of how crazy the fans are. And I want to say thank you to you guys. Oh no, Mark! Or I almost called you Mark. Yeah, um, I don't know why I almost called you that. Uh, Nick is having another heart attack. Let's talk you through it. You're Please smiling this time. That's better. I'm smiling because you're stopping the show to pay attention. Okay, to me. I'm sorry. Please keep talking. Um, yeah. So people ask me. Dude, do I need to call Chicago PD? I'm fine. Keep going. You just slammed your head against the desk. All right. Keep going. Like a delinquent. I'm good. Keep going. Um. Yeah. So, no. I don't. My first, my, my checks are the same whether this team wins zero games or 82. My thing is, so we'll go back to the playoff year, 2018-19. 
my memory's bad. I was oh, there. you're going to talk about how on press row in New York, everybody wanted Detroit to lose because yeah. you didn't want to have to go to Milwaukee. The least relatable thing you've ever talked about on this show. No, oh, my gosh. Should... We got a free airfare. We got to go to Milwaukee. Oh, my gosh. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You don't want to cover a good team because you don't want to be covering them until June. And I totally get that because it is work. No, 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 totally. no. It's not that. It's not that. It's either don't, ex- don't extend – don't cut my summer vacation two weeks short to go get swept. Okay. Or go play, go win a round. Like sure. everybody on planet Earth. Stevie Wonder, too. He knew what would happen when Milwaukee got matched up with Detroit. We all knew what was going to happen. Well, you can see, so that's not a good analogy. All right. Well, that's fair. That could be, that could be true. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like it was just, an, it was just, not only does Detroit mess up their lottery chances. Yeah. But it extends everybody's. We got we got a cool Blake Griffin moment out of it. We did, and and you know what? We got a cool Blake Griffin moment today out of the Nets game. Had a putback dunk that I actually went, oh wow, it was actually impressive. I was like, good for him. I'm happy for him. If you're mad, I'm sorry that you're a child. This show's probably not for you because we get a little. But yeah, if people are still, I don't know. I thought we regardless is of Blake who has had. Who has had good moments in Brooklyn and bad moments in Brooklyn? Let's not get it mm-hmm. twisted. Regardless of you is playing like this in Detroit, it's not for the benefit of the De- Detroit Pistons. It would be worse. But James, but James, we then we could have at least gotten something for him. At least then we could have traded him. Ain't nobody trading nothing. Nobody was trading anything for Blake. Even if Blake played like this in Detroit, you wouldn't have gotten anything. Because they knew we were gonna buy him out anyways. So. I mean, well, there's that, and it's like, yeah, it's not like there was a bidding war. Yeah, let me let me trade uh, for this role player. Let me let me somehow throw together thirty six million dollars. Yeah, like worth what? Of are, yeah. Stuff. So people are. I see people on Twitter. Blake fleeced the Pistons. He tricked them. It's like no, I I think the Pistons are. I think both sides are in a are in a much better spot um, for where their for where their paths are headed as with a split. I gotta be honest. I was kind of mad that him and Giannis didn't mix it up a bunch. That kind of made me sad. There was there were some moments in there that got a little bit like, oh, okay, all right. But it wasn't like Blake stepping over Giannis when we're down twenty five points or <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. Um. So that that kind of that bummed me out a little bit. But um, I also just realized that you just had to throw in the Sam Mill question. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm here for. Um. No, I mean for for us obviously as fans like once once the lottery gets here then it's just that that might as well be the draft for the most part. I mean if you end up at like 6 then you, you got some questions. But if you're in the top 3 cuz I don't know, you just painted it in an interesting way where I always was just of the mindset that if you go 2, you know who you're getting. If you go I guess it's not actually true because even if you go 3rd, who knows? Maybe you end up with Suggs. I think that would be dumb if you're Detroit, but I think you either get Mobley or Green in that situation. And I always thought that two was Mobley, three was Jalen Green. Um, do you want? Do you, how about we play the game with you? You want me to pull up Tankathon and I'll do three sure. Sims and we'll see how it goes. How how dis how far would your interest drop if Detroit picks fifth, sixth, or seventh? I don't think I should answer that on the show. I hundred percent think you should. You would you would be you'd be I, pissed. I I would I would take some time away for you don't sure. want james book night it would it would upset me so much that i might stop caring about basketball for a little bit i would i would be back by the time the season starts but i would maybe you maybe need to get a guest host would you it, would you be down for another year like this year 
No, not like this. No. But it, I, I'm this okay. year was, you didn't have fun this year? No, I had fun. It's fun one year. I think I, it was Laz that tweeted. I think it could be fun two years depending on who's making the games competitive next year. Yeah, I and let me tell you something, man. I don't think Davion Mitchell is going to move the needle for me. What about James Booknight? No. 20 points a game? No. 6-5 guard? No, not be, no, because of what's in this draft, man. I'm with you. I understand, but, like, there's All right. there's a chance. First sim. Bradley Beal didn't go top three. First sim. Oh, wait, yeah, he did. Sorry. We're going to do three. Sacramento. They're going to take Cade. Yes. Well, it's if Sacramento. I'm, they could do something dumb. Like, what's what's my man Kispert? <laughs> package package Bagley in the pick and see what you can get. Ooh, wait. Ooh, wait. No, 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 no. You got to take Cade. Well, no. Yeah, you got to take Cade. No, you don't. Well, I, I was going to say, I was going to make a case that Sacramento could be like De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton and do something weird with Cade. No. They're who would you, who Cade. would you, like, what is the least you would take for that pick? We've talked about it before. The least that I would take. For the first pick in the draft? Yeah, like player-wise. Shea. I would take Shea. I don't think that moves the needle enough for Sacramento. Mm. Um, two is Golden State. Are they taking Jalen Green or are they taking Mobley? Because if you take Mobley, it's going to get really weird. I think they take Suggs. So, you know, what's funny is Tankathon actually... First of all, Golden State has two and four, by the way, because the Minnesota pick converted. Um, and they jumped 12 spots. So they have them taking Suggs at two and Green at four. Oh. So who are you taking at three? So you said they take the Suggs. The Pistons got the third pick? Pist- I'm sorry, yes. The Pistons have the third pick. Um, so you said that Warriors would take Jalen Suggs. So you have Green, Mobley, Kaminga, and the and the rest of the Ooh. bunch on here. I need to do a little more digging to find out where Green ranks in the 2-3 hierarchy. Mm. But if you really think Jalen Green can be a 20-plus scorer in the NBA, he fits a need at the two-guard spot. Jalen Green. Best fit. Jalen right Green. There. Can't be mad at it. Let's do another one. And maybe highest upside. Eh, I don't know. They dropped, Sacra- a se- they dropped a six? Sacramento got Cade. number one again. They got Cade. Bulls get two. I'm gonna, they're going to take Suggs. Orlando gets three. They're going to take Mobley. Mobley. Cavs get four. They're going to take Jalen Green because they have to. Not because they want him, but because they have to. So they can trade Colin. So they can trade Colin Sexton, actually. You're right. Which, we'll that talk whole, about that. Yeah, that whole thing. I feel bad for that kid. And well, We need I to have, have a conversation with... about Kevin Love, who I you think is one of the that? biggest babies in NBA, in the recent NBA, but he doesn't. nobody talks about it publicly because – we're not going to say why. Don't go there. Mm. Say what you're going to say. Uh, well, there's well, there's two reasons now that you are you s- going to well, hold on. Are you going to talk about what he wrote in the Players Tribune? No. Okay, that's what I thought you were going to say. The reasoning was. Oh, okay, okay, yes. Well, there's also I think that gets him. I think that gives him a lot of leeway too. The mental health stuff. I'm sorry. He's a, so. When I was getting mad, it's because I thought you were going to go there, and I was like, I will end this show right now. No, no, I, I'm, an, I I'm get, a massive advocate for mental health. I, I get Somebody what you're saying, that's no. had panic attacks back in the day and used to take medicine for anxiety. Uh, I'm the biggest advocate out there for mental health. I think that gives Love some leeway in the overall conversation that needs to be had about him because he acts like a baby. 
Mm. This isn't the first. What just happened recently isn't the first occurrence. Like that dude uh, needs a, a a chin check slash reality check. I get it. Is the thing. I'm not defending it, but I get. I don't why. get it. He signed there. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna He's, say no? Yes. Say no. What do you think? People are gonna you, come play with you in Cleveland. LeBron you couldn't get anybody. You're you're the best player LeBron could get. Who the hell do you think you're gonna get? He's the best player that LeBron could get. Well, they almost got Paul George. He's the best then, player LeBron could get. Not almost yeah. could get. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing though. So who does Kevin Love think he's going to come attract to come play in Cleveland? It has nothing to do with that. It was Cleveland wanting to have, hold onto some remnants of a championship team in order to actually teach the young guys about what it takes to win, right? So when they offered oh, so him that contract. He's doing a great job of that. Well, I, that's not what I'm – because you're right. He's not, 100%. I'm talking about it, it retro in retrospect, this is why this contract was offered him. No, Nobody I'm not, else was I'm not, I'm not debating – I don't think Cleveland should have did it, but that's not – I'm not arguing – why Cleveland did it. I'm arguing why he took it and then is acting like he's acting yeah. don't what, what did, did he you think expect? was going to happen? Exactly. I agree with that. 100% because it's like <laughs> you, listen, as soon as John Beeline walked through that door, he must have been like, oh no. I mean Kevin Love has on multiple occasions acted unprofessional been very disrespectful toward Colin Sexton who Yes. Plug, plug your ears, Kevin Love. He's the only guy on that team that can get you a bucket. Facts. And has grown as a player. Facts. And you hear the stuff, his relationship with Colin in the past, what he did the other night, just popping the ball. Like, it's just very childish. And he has a little bit of a history doing this stuff. And I just don't think it's talked about enough. So that needs That should be a first take segment. I think it happens probably what three to five times a year. There's some feels weird like little it. Kevin out Kevin Love outbursts. It I feels think. like it, and it's um, just childish. The relationship that him and Colin have is really disheartening. I really do hope that there is a situation where they end up with a guy like Jalen Green, so that they do get him out of there. Because the report that came out today from uh, someone who actually writes for you guys uh, really bothered me. And then that same guy actually sort of did a deep dive into what's going on with Kevin Love. Um, and I disagreed with some of it. I don't want yeah. to pull it up and, and read, but no, so, yeah. uh, there's a lot yeah. of Kevin Porter Jr. Talk in there. That's was the he's like the Kevin Porter Jr. drops 50 for the Rockets. This is a bad. This is bad optics for the Cavs. Literally has nothing to do with what you're talking about. Yeah. Kevin Porter Jr. has got fined for breaking rules in, in Houston and has nothing to do with what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that was a, yeah. a way to start the story. I'm like, I was like, well, this is a, this is really dumb. Anyways, it's not to disparage the athletic. Um, here's what I do want to say. Actually, I screenshotted this. I I was very casually just scrolling through. Um, Shoot, I gotta find it. It's just gonna get. It's what gonna pick be just did Detroit have in that last tank of that? They ended up with seven. So uh, Zach Harper wrote for you guys the other day. He sort of predicted his MVP and you know what all of the you know first mm-hmm. team and all that. And I'm scrolling through. I'm like, yep, yep, great. I like this story. Yep, yep, yep. Um, most improved. Jeremy is two. Um, Julius Randle wins. Yep, sounds good. Agree with that. Then I get the defensive player of the year, and I think it was like Giannis three, Simmons two, and I was like, no. I'm not mad at that. And he had Rudy as one, and I am tired of it. And we've talked – me and Zach have talked about it on Basket Buds. He's on the show, and it's something he debates. debates. Um, 
and he thinks there are certain matchups that Rudy can be exploited. But I think you just statistically he's so dominant and he's on the best team in the league, right? Or definitely, I mean, for sure the West, but I think maybe in the league. Yes. And he's such an anchor. Like, I'm not mad at it. I'm not. I'm not. That was the listen. That was the only thing that I was like, okay, come on. Otherwise, great story. Gave him the little green face at the end, but. With Ben Simmons, I've said it before, I don't think there's a higher-level defender in basketball. I'm not mad at that take either. He put Luka in a suitcase. He put Dame in a suitcase. He gave Rudy 42. I mean, I know that was it's it's on offense, but still. Yeah. No, I'm not mad at your take. I think Ben is extraordinary defensively. We'll have to get Zach on the show just so I can be like, hey, stop. We will definitely get Zach on the show this summer. Um, So that was good. Just to give the athletics some praise, I did like that story. Um, I also went back and reread your Frank Jackson piece just because I wanted to read more about Frank Jackson, even though I'd already read it. Um, Thank you, man. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to close out the show. If people want us to stop talking about this, this will be the second time. And if Detroit got seventh, I'm taking James Book Knight. That is the fourth time you've mentioned him in the last two episodes. I can't. What? Who am I to talk? Take for it. Take it as you will. Hmm. I, it, you know what? It's good that you're cementing your your place in this. You, you you're claiming your stake in the James Book Knight hive. I did that with Kobe White. I, I don't know if it's really worked out. I'm not I'm not staking my claim in the James Book Knight hive. I'm ta- I'm staking my claim in I'm a reporter who covers the team, and is uh job is to uh, know stuff. Be a fan. No. You like him. It's okay. You're allowed to say you no. Like I'm telling you, I, I've watched maybe three James Book Night games that weren't on YouTube. <laughs> oh, I can't. College ball is tough to watch. Who until are you it, a fan of? What teams? No players. Uh, like in the NBA. Sure. Miles Bridges. Yes. He's doing a lot of righty stuff against Detroit. What was that all about? He's he he's been using he. He uses. You'd forget he's left-handed. He uses a lot. He's right a lot. Yeah. Um, Steph Curry, Dame Lillard. Um. I mean, the JLE three All Star yeah, team. Yeah, Lonzo and company. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, so we're gonna before we wrap up and get to albums and all that. I do want to talk to James a little about a little bit about what's going on in his career. Uh. Okay. So you went to Memphis. We established in the last oh, episode. Oh, I thought you, okay. <laughs> we established, dude, that shirt is crazy. Folks, James, you'll have to tweet a picture of that shirt because it's crazy. My outcast um, shirt? You went to Memphis. We established that in the last episode. I got you a max deal, two years, $52.5 million with the Memphis Grizzlies. And you were a little hesitant at first. And then within 30 seconds, you said, no, I like that. Me, Ja, Jaron, my college roommate. Uh, Jaws a mob deep guy. I'm a mob deep guy. <laughs> this is where I want to be. Um, I have no idea if Jaws ever heard a mob deep song, but in my fantasy world, he's a mob deep fan. <laughs> I want to. I want to ask you a few questions about sort of how your season went with Memphis. Um, you were an All Star. Uh, you were you know first team All NBA, second team All Defense. Shouldn't I ask you questions about how my first season went? In Memphis? You were the MVP. You were the Finals MVP. You did win a championship. I Obviously, won it. Let's go. Yep. In year two, won a ring. How uh, many did I average? You so in the regular season, uh, you averaged thirty one on <laughs> ridiculous splits. You talk about the fifty forty ninety club, brother. You were the sixty seventy ninety. Let's you averaged seventy percent from three. Flint um, baby. In the finals, it was like 
You know what was funny about the finals? So we went 72-10 and 10 in the regular season. Okay? <clears throat> in the finals, now, if you remember correctly, it really came down to, are we going to Memphis or Kawhi left for New York? And I wanted to play with Kawhi, but I was like, I'm not playing with the Knicks. The NBA finals was against the New York Knicks. And I was like, man. Did we really sweep came. them? Oh, we swept them. Yeah. Light work. Are you playing it on was, beginner? We play on rookie, yes. Oh. So, um... I'm not – I'm not. who am I trying to impress? I'm not kidding myself. All right. I'm just here to have a good time, dude. Right. That's it. Whatever anyways, it takes so for wanna... me to put up numbers like that, I'll, I'm rocking. <laughs> I want to ask you a question. So Chris Vernon came out with a story about halfway through the season. Uh, you and uh, Grayson Allen really hit it off. What, uh, what, what kind of things do you and Grayson Allen like to do? Is Chris Vernon in the game? No. Oh, okay. This, um, is, this is, it happened in real life, James. That's a good shout by you. That you that's, that's good. Shout out to Chris Vernon. Um, That's what I do. What do me and Grayson Allen like to do? Well, um, we like to arm wrestle. Um, He's a big cornhole guy. There it is. Got me invested in in the – I got a new set. Uh, We play video games, Call of Duty. He's a big gamer. MLB The Show. Mm -hmm. We're we're on that right now. Um, Yeah, like he's just a cool dude. Like he's misunderstood. I think the tripping stuff really gave him a bad name, but like, he doesn't like walk around and trip babies at the mall or anything. Like he's Jesus. he's he's just uber competitive and good dude. Misunderstood. Shout out to my boy GA. So Gray another, Gray, as I mentioned, one of the biggest things coming into the year was you were interested shady. in the Jesus in the chemistry between you, Ja, and uh, Jaron. Talk to us a little bit about uh, you know how they've made your lives easier. And what this championship means to you in year two? Yeah, I mean, playing with Jaron is like, I'd imagine what it was like playing alongside Tim Duncan. You know, like just a guy you know you can rely on night in and night out on both sides of the floor. A guy that can get you a bucket. A guy that can stop somebody from getting a bucket. A guy that's just going to have kind of a cool, calm demeanor throughout forty-eight minutes of a game. Um, fantastic teammate, fantastic player, and I'm and I'm I was honored to to raise the the Larry O'Brien with him. Uh, we mm. actually shed a tear in the locker room. Now, the other guy, um, I think his name is Ja. Um, he's got a little growing up to do. He's, he needs to get me the ball a little bit more. Um, he needs to stop dunking as hard as he does. Like, if he cares about the team, he wouldn't risk injury. Um, let me shoot. Three's more than two. And I just, once I he just realizes that, the, the, we'll, we'll be a dynasty. Until he does, this is a one-off thing. So... John needs to wake up, and as soon as he does, this is a dynasty in the making. Until then, we might need to get on the phones and, and figure something out. So but the be- funniest, but, but that's between me and the front office. Sure, and apparently the media now, because <laughs> you just aired it out. The funniest part about this bit that you're doing is John led the league in assists with 13. <laughs> <laughs> he could have had 17. Pass he averaged ball. 15 in the finals. So, anyways, Selfish. Uh, final question. Final question. Uh, the biggest shock of the season, um, you know, in a, in a year that you win seventy two games, you you start the year fifty five and four. Um, you know, you, you go with uh, mid season acquisitions like uh, Stephen Adams. You know, bring him in um, alongside Valanciunas. And um, wait, did Stephen Adams and Valanciunas start? No. no okay. They're both off the bench. Uh, it's a wild rotation, but. Uh, it, it was a pretty unprecedented season. The, the the biggest surprise came just before the season started when Taylor Jenkins was actually let go 
and Steve Clifford was brought in to coach the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, was Worst this something day of my that, life. So, okay, I was going to ask, was this something that you had a, a hand in? What were your what was your reaction to this, and how do you think Steve obviously handled the situation? You know what? He did win an NBA championship. You know what? I'm glad you asked this, and I've been this has just been simmering inside me for, I mean, what now, four or five months. I don't, I don't want to be part of this organization anymore. For them, they came to me at the beginning of the year, asked me what I thought of Taylor Jenkins. I said, I love him. He's like a father figure to me. Um, tremendous mind, great X's and O's, leader of men. And I, I said, whatever you do, if do not replace him. Do not fire him. He is the reason that we're going to go uh, to the places we go. And they get rid of him and they bring Steve Clifford in, who didn't do shit. Absolutely didn't do shit. His game plans were terrible. Um the plays he drew up out of timeouts were like elementary. I used to run some of that stuff when I played for the orange team um, back in third grade. And it was just a, we had to really take control as a team. We actually had a, a players only meeting. I want to say in February after, after a, a loss to um, who was that against um, was the, oh, the, the Charlotte loss against Charlotte. We had a, team, a players only meeting, and we were like, well, "We're just not going to listen to this guy anymore. And we're going to do our own thing." And ever since then, we went on a 38 game winning streak and and ended up being NBA champions. So, um, I would actually like to be out. Just the fact that this front office didn't at all listen to what their star player, me, had to say um, about the situation, and because of me, James Edwards, they got a title anyway, and it made their decision look better than it was. I, I want out. So. Um, and I'm going to talk to my agent as soon as I'm done with his Zoom call, and we're going to work on a situation to get me and Jaron out of Memphis. You're going to try to bring Jaron with you. So the the 72 games, the the baseline actions with which sort of paved the way to your MVP and your scoring title this season, and obviously an NBA championship. That's something that you actually credit to yourselves, the players, not Steve Clifford's game plan. Well, me, yeah, pretty much me, in, in taking reins as a second year player. I, I I didn't think I had it in me. I really didn't think I had it in me as somebody so young. I hadn't experienced much in life, uh, but I'm really happy with the way yeah. I, I handled the situation and rallied the troops and, and, and turned Memphis into NBA champions. So pat myself on the back, um, Jaron as well. But, yeah, this organization would continue to be dog shit if it weren't for me and my presence. So just to, right before we sign off, uh, you are not looking to finish the season with Memphis. You are in year two of your two-year contract. Um, you are eligible to be traded. You, you don't want to try to run it back with Memphis. You are no. asking out. They disobeyed me. They disobeyed me, and trust is number one on my board. Um, when you make a big board going into the offseason, trust, number one. Number two, trust again. Mm. So they, uh, they they stripped that from me. So I'm going to go. I want to be traded into the conference and, and beat them and, and beat them four times a year sure. and make them remind themselves of what they did. And uh, that's that's just the way the cookies crumbled. Biggest rumor floating around right now is that you and the Clippers have had some conversations. Uh, obviously, you can't comment too much because of the tampering laws. But fuck any... the tampering laws. I want to go to L.A. Um, as you guys know, I grew up a, a Clippers fan. Fourteen, Sean Livingston. Uh, my agent is uh, is also the representative of Luke Kennard. We'd love to play together. We we spend we spend a lot of times together in the summer. Um, yeah, no, it, it, I, I don't know if I'm going to get fined. If so, I just signed a, a big deal, and I got a lot of money. So uh, find me, Adam Silver. I'm, I'm going to L.A. Clippers Ladies Nation, and baby. Gentlemen, 
I'm this coming. This has been this has been a B and C exclusive. Um, before we sign off, uh, James, you're a, you're a pretty big music guy. I don't know if there's any sort of recommendations that you want to throw out. Maybe I can write uh, throw in at the end of my story. Um, maybe to promote it, I can say, hey, if you're a fan of this album, so is James. Any records that you want to share with us? Um, I was on an Outcast kick today, so let's go ahead with Equimini. I think I've probably said it before, but it's a nice day. Go ahead and throw Equimini on by Outcast. Mm. Beautiful day out. It's about 80 degrees. Went for a nice Yeah, it's walk. a hot boy and girl summer in Detroit. Mm. I, I can see. I love where I live now, uh, but I can see why some people were like, think about it, because it is. The traffic is crazy outside yeah. of my place right now, um, and it took me an hour to travel 12 miles. Yeah, that sounds about right. How much? You don't have to Uber anywhere, so you probably yeah. don't really know what that's like. In Chicago, there's a crazy shortage right now. So uh, if you want to go a mile, it costs about $35. Sheesh. Yeah. So that's why you just take the train or you walk, man. I haven't taken a Lyft or an Uber, and I don't know how long. And the trains just are slow, and um, it's been miserable. But, dude, people just – I had to sit next to a dude who was just laying down all sprawled out and sleeping and drooling and peed himself, and it was just this old – guy walks up to me yesterday. I'm at work. Yeah, I saw your tweet. Explain this. I'm at work and I'm on my break and I'm walking to 7-Eleven and a guy just kind of like stops me and is like, hey, man, can I ask you a favor? And I was like, yeah, he goes. Uh, so I just he like points behind him. He's like, I just got out of the hospital. There was not a hospital behind him. I know yeah, the area. I've heard this trick. I've got I've got. Well, well, this trick. well, he goes. He goes, I just got out of the hospital and goes to lift up his pant leg. And there's just his leg is super swollen and there's just a gunshot wound. Yeah. And I was like, ah, yeah, that's tough. And I was like, he goes, I'm trying to like get a train. You know, you know how it's a different variation of the same story. And I was like, I helped him out how I could. I gave him I had like I had like three dollars in my wallet. I was like, here you go, man. Like, Jesus, just go do something else. (laughs) Like, I'm so sorry. I can't ever forget for you. And I'm I'm one of those people. If I have, I don't really carry cash, but if I have singles on me, I'll always help somebody out. If I'm going to get food and there's somebody less fortunate outside, I'll grab them a, a coney. Like today, I had eight conies, yeah. and there was a guy who's like, "Hey man, can you can I can you get me a cone? Can you give me a two dollars to get a cone?" I was like, "I'll buy you one." And I, not I'm not like saying that I'm. There are in most cases I help out the less doing. fortunate. It's okay. Yes. No, I'm not trying. No, no, I say that to say I get put off when I when they hit you with that tr- not the trick but when they do that like i remember when i was in college some guys like hey man like can i get two dollars i got a hole in my stomach and just ripped his shirt up and just showed mm-hmm. me this one i'm like you don't gotta do that man like yeah i'm with you yeah. i've had those experiences it's tough it makes it a little more i think they think it's going to be more uh sentimental and I, I would say it's probably the opposite yeah so if you're yeah, homeless i, I mean and listening to this, just ask for, for, for just ask, you know, got to go to the extreme. is the guy that uh, I saw him in a span of a week. I saw him like four times and every day I saw him, it was his birthday. <laughs> hey man, it's my birthday. I'm just I'm like, all right. The second time I was like, maybe that wasn't the same guy. Then like the third, fourth and fifth time. I was like, all right, you can just, <laughs> all right, man. You should have um, said something. You're like, man, it wasn't your birthday last week. <laughs> 
Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, if you made it this far, genuinely, thank you very, very much for listening. We know that you have a lot of things that you could be doing in a day, and it means a lot to us that you spend an hour with us at the BNC. So thank you very, very much for listening. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe. Leave a review if you're feeling generous. We will catch you guys 